This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Signals from the Frontline, your normally every Wednesday live cast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. Today, we're going to be doing uh, what may be a regular bit, seeing how it goes, but uh, we're going to cover the new Imperial Knight Codex, which just went up for pre-order today, and we wanted to jump in and have a really kind of casual and interactive discussion about the book, go over what's in it, and uh, do kind of a live review with, uh, with everybody here in Twitchland. And remember, if you want to pick up the new Knight Codex, any of the new Knights, the new Terrain Kit, you can do so from Frontline Gaming at a discount with free shipping in the continental United States for orders $99 and up. Uh, that's in our web court at store.frontlinegaming.org. You can jump in and do that. Uh, and I think a lot of people will because not only is this Codex freaking awesome, the new Knight Kits are amazing. They've got the new Mini Knights, the Armager Helverins, the shooting version of the Warglaive, which is the, the kind of like mixed melee uh, shooting version. And uh, you've got the new Super Knights, the Dominus class, the Valiant and the um, uh, the Valiant and the Castellan, which are really good, and we'll get into that. Uh, and then there's also a new kind of variant, the Perceptor, uh, which has a new weapon option, the Laser Lance. Yeah. So a lot of cool new stuff, plus the new Terrain Kit, which is very neat. Uh, it's pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got ups and downs, and we'll talk about that as we get to it. Um, but a lot of stuff. And then, of course, there's the data cards, uh, the custom dice, and the custom uh, measuring tool. For those of you who, who like the, the custom stuff, uh, the data cards are actually really, really useful. Yes, um, the, the dice are for the people who are just love it. Uh, a lot of times those dice are hard to read. Like whenever, uh, um, uh, oh my God, Ryan uses those Nurgle dice. I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> I can barely see what's going on. Yeah. They bounce all over the damn place. <laughs> And it's funny, people are cool with that, but they're not cool with the Dice app in some instances, which is no. very strange. I had two people tell me that I wasn't allowed to use the Dice app. Well, not that I wasn't allowed, but they didn't want me to. At, at okay. London GT? Yeah. Well, it's funny because they, the, <laughs> the the player really does not have any say, but you're just being a nice guy. Yeah, I was like, all right. It's like, why fight it? But it's just, again, there's it's like being afraid of like witchcraft or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's totally fine. It's a GW legal product, and if you're going to use those silly Nurgle Dice... Which I guarantee you're not rolling a statistical average. No. Uh, but at any rate, we're not here to talk about dice. We're here to talk about Imperial Knights. So let's do that. Uh, first of all, uh, overall impressions. Uh, great book. Awesome art. Really cool backstory. For those of you who don't know the story of the Knights, I think it's one of the coolest things in 40K. I am going to say I'm pretty sure that they lifted it from Battletech. Because it's almost the exact... It's like so similar <laughs> to the Battletech backstory. And for those of you who don't play that game, um, it's a game of uh, futuristic giant robots where the pilot is basically like a noble. Weird. Yeah, it's so funny. Weird. And Battletech predates uh, 40K by many, many years. Um, I love that game. So at any rate, kind of like the, the way that the, the knights work, they're based on like a feudal system. So like a, a knight planet has like pretty much everybody's a serf and they labor to support the, 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 no, the nobility and then the knights 
pilots, they're, uh, they're from these noble households. And um, in exchange for the basically the whole world supporting them, they protect their planet and every planet around them. And then they also uh, serve either the Imperium or um, uh, Mars. And then when they're called on to fight, just like in a feudal system from old times with knights. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. I think Battletech got their idea from the Dark Ages. Totally ripped them off. <laughs> yeah. Totally ripped them off, Frankie. <laughs> really weird. God, everybody copies everybody else. Hal Steiner, yeah. Of course, I knew as soon as I said that, people would jump in. Yeah. Uh, ba Battletech is a really cool universe. And as an aside, everybody's been telling me that the new video game that just came out is really, is good, really good. And so I'll have to pick that up because I'm a big Battletech fan. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. I like it. So the, the, the night pilots are basically like knights. Uh, yeah. Interesting. What? I know. And, um, and they have all different kinds of characteristics and personalities and that each household has its own history. Each night has been around for thousands of years and, you know, they, they repair it and, and keep it going. It's handed down from pilot to pilot. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the really cool things about it is, is in the fluff when the pilot, um, through the, the, um, the, it's called the, oh my gosh, I'm totally drawing a blank. I don't know what you're talking about. It's the throne. Like, it's called like the throne. The golden throne. Mechanicum or some shit. Basically, when they get into it, they become the knight. Like, their brain is like, they, the knight becomes their body. Well, it's like it's like the Matrix, right? Where they have like all the holes and stuff and then they plug into the knight. So, yep. same thing. And then it's cool in the stories, they always talk about how it's, it's addicting. Like, the, the pilot yeah. never wants to be out of the knight because... They feel like they're like a god when they're when they're in the night and they they feel just like punny and weak. Yeah. <laughs> Puny and weak when they're out of it. Punny. Get out of here. <laughs> um I always thought that was really neat. Yeah. And uh, if you want to see Knights in action, one of the best videos I've ever seen of it, uh the Dawn of War three um cinematic trailer shows yeah, a knight. That was sick. And they're way more mobile than you would think. They're like running around. It's really cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of like a little bit of a backstory. Of course, very brief. There's a lot more to say, but that's not why you guys are here. You're here to talk about the rules. So uh, let's dive in. My overall perspective is that this is an A++ book. It's going to be really popular. You're going to see knights all over the place. I think it's going to be very competitive. It's fun. It's flavorful. There's a lot of ways to play them. Um, I love it. I think it's a great, a great Codex. What was your overall impression, Frankie? Yeah, I think it's really fun. I really like what they did with the knights, and they gave them a lot of character. And uh, adding in the armagers and stuff like that, you get a lot of options in a book um, that really never had a lot of options before. It was like, oh, what kind of weapons did you take? Did you take the Gatling cannon or did you take double battle cannon? That was about it. Now you have all sorts of options, new knight kits. Um, the little knights are amazing. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun codex and I'm excited to see knights on the table again because it's been a while. It has been. And yeah. we're in the past, like playing five knights in the last edition was not fun because you literally couldn't hurt them. Yeah. Now you always have a chance to hurt them, which again, it's not like you're going to bolt their one down in one turn, but it's like, you don't feel like you're wasting your time. It's a lot more even yeah. in my opinion now. And, um, people weren't taking knights because they were, they were too expensive and you know, in the way the meta is right now, you want lots of models, not necessarily one big model. But I think that's going to change. Knights went down in points. Mm -hmm. They're much more affordable. And um, that by itself is going to help a lot. But like you said, the, key, the, the, the secret sauce is that they have options. You have the, the yeah. armagers, which are great. Frankie and I both really like them. Uh, and you have the, the, so many stratagems, warlord traits, and relics that make them 
you can really customize the way you play. Yeah. So uh, to preface this, um, we're going to be working from the assumption that, that we're approaching this from a competitive perspective. If you're playing thematic or casual, you can go all nights. But if, if you're really going to try and play nights to, to, to be really competitive in the current meta, we're going to make the assumption that you're always going to take a battalion of something else for a CP. Because this these guys just they're, they're thirsty for the CP, man. Like you're gonna burn, in my opinion, six before the game even starts every time you play. Yeah, I mean it definitely depends on what kind of army you're taking. But if you're taking like a main, like maybe six knights or something like that, you're gonna want as many command points as possible. Um, if you're just throwing them into like another detachment, like you were talking about, where you take three knights and then some guard. Um, then yeah, I think I think that's probably the best way to do it because you can get a lot of CP with guard and they get the regenerating and all that stuff. And you'll probably use less stratagems that way. Yeah, because you know? Frankie, and, and we both wrote a list and we're going to talk about it. And I, it's really interesting because Frankie and I came at it very differently. He like wants to take lots of armagers and just say, I don't need the CP. I'm taking like each knight has, is like a, has a backstory that I've written in my heart and uh, they, they're maxed out on everything. So, you, and that's cool though that you can play that because... Um, uh, it shows there's a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, Linus asked, why didn't they lower the points on some of the other weapons besides the Gatling cannon? Well, they didn't because they lowered the points on the base chassis, right? So they left most of the weapons the same, but you're still getting a net reduction in cost. Um, and I think that that's good because the shooting knights are still bonkers strong. But now the melee knight is really viable, and we'll go into why that's the case um, as we go. So I think the best place to start Actually, let's answer a couple of questions. Uh, stir ye, stir ye crazy. Did the tiny knights get a weapon to kill hordes now? Um, the double auto cannon version, the Helverin, is, in my opinion, is a really good choice. Well, they got a sweep attack with their war grave. So the the melee one has a sweep attack, which the nice. way that works, it's two attacks for every one attack. It only does one damage. It's only AP two strength user, but it's strength six AP two one damage, and you get eight attacks. That's really really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can go into a unit of whatever and kill a bunch of them. And there's ways to get even more attacks with them. Um, and then the, the shooting version, he has two, uh, armature auto cannons. It's really similar to the predator auto cannon. It's a 60 inch range, heavy two D three. So you have four D three shots, uh, strength seven, AP one, three damage, ignore the penalty for moving and shooting. And they move 14 inches. Mm-hmm. Um, they can shoot anywhere on the board. They're, I, I think they're great personally. Because with the 60-inch range, you can stay way the hell back. You're moving super quick. Your T7, 12 wounds, 5-up and vulnerable save. You can usually stay out of range of anything that can shoot you back. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have seen these models in real life. They're actually not that much bigger than a Dreadnought. No. So they're pretty they're pretty small. Uh, so the, Ar- the Armager Helverin, uh, in my opinion, you're averaging 8 shots. And you can skirmish really, really well. Throw some objectives over in the corner. Um, and he can sit there and, and camp the objective and just blast stuff. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. And the Warglaive now with the two attack modes is much more versatile than he was because he can go into a big unit and start just like threshing through yeah. them. Plus his lance is really good too. And he has pretty long range with that with the 14-inch move. So with the, I think uh, they're both the really speed, good yeah. choices yeah, depending on what kind of army you're making. They're great. And uh, coming in at 174 or 164, mm-hmm. They're pretty cheap, and then if you want with the Warglaive, you can give it another melt again. Yeah. So what what would you what would be your ideal loadout for that um, the Warglaive, Frankie? I ran it with the melt a lance and then the melt again. Yeah. So then it has two melt guns. So if you when, once you get close, 
with a 14 inch move, you're gonna get close really quick. Yeah. Uh, you'll be able to hit people with two melt guns, which is pretty good, so. And there's uh, one of the uh, uh, household traditions or the chapter tactics, so to speak, is uh, you can advance and shoot with no penalty. Yeah. So like, they're crazy Super fast. Powerful. Yeah. Um, let's, we'll answer some of the questions. Uh, well, do we want to just save the questions to the last and then go through the codex? Or? Yeah, we can kind of do both because we're getting, I mean. We, okay. And you guys let us know what format you like best because we're going to figure this out as we go. Uh, Nano, Miser, yeah, 164 for the Warglaive with the Heavy Stubber. And then he'd be, what, 172 with the 170? 174 with, with the melt again. <coughs> yeah. Or no, it'd be 177. Seven, right? Because yeah. melt guns are 17. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So he'd be 177 with the melt again, which is, for what you get, is really cheap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're great. And so those are the two new mini knights, uh, in my opinion, really strong. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, we can save most of the questions for the end, but if we see good ones, we'll jump in and answer them. Sure. Otherwise, this, this may take a long time. And again, yeah, we appreciate the feedback, guys, because we're trying to figure out a fun way to do this. Yeah. Okay, uh, I always uh, like to start with the, tr the traditions. You want to do that? Okay. Because um, I feel like that that's where you start when you write your list, is which uh, household you're going to go with. Sure. So big picture, um, in every detachment, you only get CP. Um, they're all Lords of War, so you have to take the Lord of War detachment. You only get CP if you have three Questorus or Dominus class knights in any combination. Yep. So that means none of the little dudes. Yep. The little guys don't give you CP. Nope. Oh, you have to take three of the big ones. Right. And for me, I would because I, 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 would, I would totally want to do that. But uh, otherwise, you don't get the, the three CP from the Super Heavy Detachment. Um, and then for every Knight Lance, which again, Battletech reference. They used to come in Lances. It's okay. I wonder what they called it in medieval times. A lance formation. It probably was. I would hope so. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, you get one uh, knight automatically becomes a character. So what that means is they can take a relic, um, warlord trait, obviously, and um, you get heroic intervention as well. Yep. So really, really good. It's great. Yeah, it's really great. And then you, the household traditions, there's quite a few of them, and we'll try to burn through them as quickly as we can. But um, you can also take free blades. We'll talk about that a little bit. I don't know how viable they are for competitive play. Honestly, I'm kind of on the fence. But basically, a free blade is like a Ronin knight. They're a knight without a house. They've either been disgraced or the house has been wiped out or whatever the heck the case may be. There's a special character, Canis Rex. Um, he's a, a named free blade character in here. He's really cool. I like his backstory. His backstory is fucking awesome. He's freeing all of the Imperial people. Yeah. Like, he goes from, around freeing oppressed yeah. people. He's like awesome. Because he got... Captured by the Iron Warriors, I believe. And then uh, he broke free. That's why he's the breaker of chains. Yeah. And then he like started freeing people. It was really funny. He's like a, like a, a noble knight that <laughs> yeah. goes around. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Like he's a good guy. He's an actual good guy yeah. in the 40K universe, which is pretty rare. Really bad. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of big picture stuff. Uh, you want to keep that in mind. Uh, so the household traditions. Now, knights are different. You There's, there's two like groups of um, household traditions. You, you're either a loyal to the Imperium mm -hmm. or you're loyal to the, uh, to the Mechanicus. So you have to pick that first. You're either Questor Imperialis or Questor Mechanicus. If you're Questor Imperialis, you've got um, five different choices, all of which are pretty good. Um, most of them are geared towards close combat, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool because melee knights are really good. So you've got House Terran, um, when determining the distance of the unit with this household tradition advances or charge, 
Roll an additional d6, discard the lowest, it's amazing. Roll 3d6, take the two highest for your charge distance. Or roll 2d6, take the highest for advancing, so good. And one of the things that makes this even better is there's a stratagem that lets you advance and charge. And there's a warlord trait that gives you plus two to advance and charge. But it's an aura, so it's the warlord and all the guys around him. It's stupid good. It's like amazingly good. Yeah. You could take super powerful. You could take a Perceptor, it's a new type of knight that basically buffs all the armagers, and he gives them reroll once to hit, and then you could give them that warlord trait, and then they're all just fly up the table. Really, really good. Uh, I, I think that's a great um, tradition for a certain type of knight army. Yeah, I think they're all really strong. They are. There are some that like kind of overlap, but I think it's really good. Well, when you have 10, it's hard to come up with yeah. new stuff. Um, the next one is House Griffith. Add one to the attack's characteristic of a model with this household tradition during any turn in which a charge was charged or heroically intervened. In addition, a model with this household tradition can perform heroic intervention as if, as if it was a character. So everybody gets heroic intervention. Everybody gets plus one attack on the first round of combat. That's amazingly good. Yep. Um, especially when you consider the fact that plus one attack translates to three extra kicks, two extra warglaive attacks, um, and then there's another warlord trait that gives you another attack. So you could make a knight that's just like the kicking master of the universe. Yeah. You know, with like, what would that be? 18 kick attacks? Mm, yes. It's insane. <laughs> like, that's 18 battle cannon attacks. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's very few things in the game that will survive that. And that's why I keep saying, you're going to hear me say it like 10 times, melee knights are completely, completely viable Yeah. Uh, now. The next one is my personal favorite, House Hawkshroud. Um, you double the number of wounds you have remaining on the damage table. From someone who plays super heavies a lot, like I play Wraith Knights, and everybody doesn't like them, but I play Eandon, and that is, I can't state how good that is. Like, you basically don't degrade until you get down to, like, six wounds. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, you're shooting at full ballistic skill or swinging at full weapon skill. And it's full until, speed. like, your last drop. You're like, here we go. Yeah. Um, that, that one's my personal favorite because even if you go second – you're still going to be functioning basically at full effect. Yeah. Um, I, I really that that I think that one's a, a very good one. But like Frankie said, I think they're all good. House Cadmus reroll wound rolls of one in the fight phase for attacks made by models with this tradition against units which only contain models with a wounds characteristic of twelve or less. Um, pretty good. It's it it helps okay. a lot for threshing through. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's nice reroll once to wound is a nice bonus yeah right you can get reroll once to hit in other ways so you can overlap those and get once to hit and wound in melee it's pretty solid uh house morton add one to hit rolls in the fight phase for attacks made by model with this tradition when they charge were charged or heroically intervene so he'd be hitting on twos in most cases it's pretty powerful yeah especially with a lot of like like really popular armies out there right now are like nurgle yeah uh, and like that minus one even to hit in combat and this helps uh, to overcome that significantly. Yeah. So then on the Questor Mechanicus side, uh, you've got House Raven. Models of this household tradition do not suffer the penalties to their hit rolls for advancing and firing assault weapons, when we just mentioned. Furthermore, uh, when they uh, advance, they treat heavy weapons as assault. Pretty so, dang good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, probably not one that's going to be taken as much, to be honest, but it is I good. I don't know. It's pretty powerful. You get your knights up in somebody's face and you're still able to shoot. Especially with the yeah. Dominus class knights that have four melted guns. Yeah. <laughs> like, no so yeah, okay, you might you might see that one, especially if you just go melt a melt a max. Yeah. Because um, the other weapons are so long range that they don't you don't need to advance. It's really just for the melted guns. Yeah. 
Uh, House Tyrannus, roll a dice each time a model with this tradition loses a wound. Um, unless it's a mortal wound on a six, you keep it. That's super good for knights. It basically gives them four extra wounds in most cases because they have 24 wounds. So, I mean, it would be great if it worked on smite and stuff too, but... Um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, House Crass, Cold Fury. You can reroll failed hit rolls in the fight phase for a model with this uh, tradition on any turn in which a charge was charged or heroically intervened. In addition, you can reroll all failed hit rolls in the fight phase against Titanic units. Uh, very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Uh, don't even think that needs any explanation. Uh, reroll, and then the last one, House Volker. Reroll hit rolls of one for a model with this tradition whenever resolving an attack with a ranged weapon if you are targeting the closest enemy unit. That one's okay. It's all right. The, the thing is their weapons are such long range that in most cases you're probably not going to be shooting the unit that's right in front of you. You're going to charge that unit. So. Yeah. Linus Raid is still upset that uh, Gatling cannons that were the only thing that went down in points. Don't worry, dude. Everything else went down in points. You're going to be good to go. Boom. Trust me. You'll be happy. Turn that frown upside down, buddy. Uh, so then all of those are pretty solid. Yeah. Right? I don't think anyone really screams at you the best from that perspective. No. Um, and it all depends on what kind of army you want to build anyway. So, like, there's an option for everybody in there, which is great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the, no matter how you play, too, there, there's going to be good ones. Because... Knights, there's no knight in the game that doesn't want to charge at some point in time. Yeah. So, like, these all seem to focus on melee, or most of them. But, like, with your kicks being as strong as they are, it's going to come in handy very frequently. Yeah. Even the Dominus, who's only weapon skill four, uh, the big boys, uh, which is kind of annoying, but um, uh, even they are going to get into combat frequently because um, they still got the, the Titanic feet, baby. Yep. It's pretty good. Tap dancers. So then we'll jump into stratagems. They have a lot, so we'll try to cook through this. Um, the first one is uh, Ion Aegis. Uh, using your opponent's movement phase, choose a Dominus class unit from your army. He gives everybody all Imperial um, Imperium units within six inches a five-up invul save. It's amazing. It's like crazy it's, good. It's any unit that's wholly within six, though. Yeah. So every model in the unit has to have part of their base within six inches. Yeah. Um, this is amazing because a knight army should go first most of the time, but when you don't, this is super good for keeping those infantry, which we're assuming you're going to have because you're going to be playing. You need the extra CP. It's great for keeping those guys alive. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really good stratagem. Noble Sacrifice, I love this one. Two CP, you use it when a knight blows up on a four plus to explode. For a Dominus, you roll 2d6, and if either one is a four, it explodes. If both of them are a four plus, it explodes 3d6 inches. It's pretty good. And if I remember correctly, they do 2d6 mortal wounds when they die. It's insane. It's like insanely strong. No, it's d6 mortal wounds. Yeah. But I mean, what we've seen is that stratagems like this can change the course of a game. Yeah. Right? Like if you're super knight, if your knight dominus is surrounded by some of your opponent's best stuff and he goes thermo, he could wipe out like half of their opponent's like best units. All of a sudden they're just like, oh crap. Um, oftentimes with a stratagem like this, you'll actually try to use it offensively, like run at your opponent and be like, yeah, hit me. Yeah. I dare you <laughs> do it. Because <laughs> when you're rolling 2d6 for the Dominus class, especially, you have a 75% chance of one of them being a four plus. Yeah, it's it's really powerful. <laughs> and then if you <laughs> use a CP to re-roll, you, it goes up to like 83% yeah. chance that you're going to go blow up. You're going to go boom. And it's a seven inch average radius explosion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So brutal. Uh, Thunder Stomp. This one is its kind of a throwback to the old uh, Stomp, which no one misses, I think. 
But um, uh, after fighting with a knight, you can choose an infantry or swarm unit within one inch. On a four up, they take D3 mortal wounds. It's not one you're going to use very frequently, but it's like um, you need to get somebody off an objective. You didn't kill him with melee. There's two models left. I'm going to try and finish him off. Uh, you're in combat with a really good character. You didn't kill him. Uh, he has one or two wounds left. I'm going to try and finish him off. That's when you use this. Uh, it's not going to be something you use on you know every time you fight because on a four plus it's a little too risky. Yeah, it's really situational. Yeah. Uh, the Sky Reaper protocols for armager, the shooty armager, you get uh, reroll misses against units with the fly keyword. It's actually extremely good. Yeah. Because um, most flyers are minus one to hit. And then there's a lot of things that have the fly keyword, like crisis suits, yeah. hive tyrants, all sorts of stuff. Wave serpents, whatever. And this dramatically increases your accuracy. Um, that's a really good one. Rotate ion shields is one you're going to use probably every single turn. Uh, it's plus one to your invul save to a maximum of a three plus plus. It costs one CP three for Dominus class knights for the big ones. Uh, th this is like bread and butter stratagem. You're going to use it every time you can. Yeah. Anytime um, somebody shoots at you, you're like, sure, I'll use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's extremely good. Uh, heirlooms of the household and exalted court. I want to talk about these at the same time because they go hand in hand. Um, they're a one or three CP stratagem each. Uh, heirlooms of the household is the, the regular one, an extra relic for one, two for three CP. But uh, exalted court makes another knight in a detachment of character for uh, three CP. You make two characters, two knights characters, and they all get a warlord trait. So the, what makes this so cool is that you can have a detachment of three knights. Every one of them can be, have a warlord trait. Every one of them can have a relic. Yeah. It's incredibly good. It's expensive, but it is really good. Um, I think you might not see them using it on all three, but maybe two, something like that, because um, it just gets so expensive. Like, so, like six points. It's six CP out the gate, yeah. which in normal knight detachment, that's all your CP. Yeah. Because you get three base, three for the super heavy detachment. But for the list that, for the way I want to play it, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. Because the Warlord traits and the Relics are absolutely outstanding. They're so good. And uh, you're going for more bodies. I'm going for more value per quality over quantity. You're, you're looking at quantity over quality, which is both viable strategies. So for me, I think that these are auto-take. You can either just invest um, two CP and get two or six and get three. So it depends on really how you want to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Linus Raid, uh, three knights plus, I think most people are going to go Imperial Guard. It just makes sense to do that. Uh, you could actually take two brigades. I think you can fit it uh, with three knights. I was going to, I was considering going three knights and Admech, and we'll talk about that more later, but really, really good, right? The Warlord traits are good. The Relics are good. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to do this. Pack Hunters, uh, one CP strat. Armager Warglaives uh, can reroll charges if one of them made a charge. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, as long as they're within 12 inches of that model. Yeah. So. Uh, great. Yep. Yeah, really, really, really good uh, stratagem for uh, Warglaives. Uh, Oathbreaker Guidance System. This is the one that uh, most people have been talking about for good reason. It allows you to, it's 2 CP, so it's expensive. It allows you to shoot a single Shield Breaker missile at a character, even if it's not the closest enemy model, as long as you can see it. Shield breaker missiles are extremely good. They ignore invulnerable saves or AP4, D6 damage, and strength 10, I think. Yeah, I think they're, they're 10. Strength 10, yeah. So even a T5 character is going to be wounded on a 2. Um, and I think you reroll. No. Um, I think the, the shield breaker missiles you reroll misses. 
Uh, I think it's only against uh, Titanic or Vehicle or something. I'll check really quick. <clears throat> but it's really good, especially for how many armies are dependent on characters. Uh, it's really good against the pesky Nurgle armies that you're seeing right now. Yeah. Because um, those characters, I think they have like five wounds. They're T5. It's wounding them on a two, doing D6 damage. They get no save. Well, they'll get their really feel good. no pain. Well, they'll get feel no pain. They're disgustingly resilient. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, it's just really, really strong. It's, I mean, it's like, duh, this is strong. Um, shield, like, you know, the, the shield captains right now that are everywhere. Um, this will wound them on a three because they're T6. But uh, they're not going to get any save at all. Yeah. And you can really take a big chunk out of them, you know. The downside is it is two command points. So I don't know yeah. if you're going to see it used all that often, um, but it is pretty powerful. And if this is another reason why you're, you're going to almost always take some cheap detachment to give you CP. Because knights, just they just burn through them so quickly. Yeah. Because um, you want, I rotate ion shields, you want that to be able to do that at least for the first like three turns. You're probably going to want to do the Oathbreaker Guidance System to at least force your opponent to keep his character's heads down, right? Like, especially like with Astro Militarum, like one of my main armies, this would kill any of my characters in one shot pretty pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, it's going to force you to play a little bit more conservatively because you don't oh, want yeah. to just I mean, get nuked. They're so far, like the missiles shoot so far, they don't need line of sight. Like, they do need, do, they do need line of sight. Does it? Yeah. I thought it said that they No, need it, it. it's in line of sight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So it's 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 not as broken as people think it is, but it's it's not far away from that either. It's yeah. extremely good, um, and you, you're going to have to to plan for that, right? Like, because you're going to count on it. You know, as long as they have a Dominus class knight, they can do this. What's the Oathbreaker missile? It doesn't need line of sight. Um, well, the the stratagem for sure. I, I'm pretty sure that Oathbreaker that the Shieldbreaker missile does need line of sight. Um, the stratagem for sure does. The, uh, the next stratagem is full tilt. Um, choose an Imperial Knight vehicle from your army that advanced. That um, model can still charge. I think this is yeah. one of the... Stratagem removes line of sight. Can target a unit that is not visible. Oh, not visible yeah. to the bear. My bad. I was wrong about that. I thought it... I missed that. I thought it said that is variable. That is visible. So, yeah, okay, that's... No, you can't hide your character. It doesn't change your gameplay. Can't hide. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my, I apologize. It, it it does ignore line of sight, um, so it is pretty damn close to being a broken <laughs> strat. But it's two CP and it's one missile a turn. It could miss. It could fail to wound, yep. and you might roll a one on the damage. It's not a guarantee, but Definitely. it's going to annoy the shit out of people. Yep, I was wrong, guys. I apologize for confusing you. Uh, but full tilt next stratagem. I think this is one of the best stratagems there. Uh, you can advance and still charge. And uh, again, when you have the Warlord trait that you add two to your advance and two to your charge roll, it's insane. Yeah. It's a first turn charge. Yeah, it's it's super powerful, especially with how great the kicks are. Tap dancing champions. And then well, the thing is the Reaper Blade and the, the Thunder Strike Gauntlet are actually really good now, and we'll, we'll get into that with yeah. the relics and stuff. Um, full Tilt, yeah, great. So like a Knight Gallant. Um, you move, what, 12... And then you advance D6 plus two, possibly rolling two, take the highest with one of the uh, um, mm -hmm. household traditions. And then you're charging 2D6 plus two, possibly with a reroll or um, rolling 3D6, taking the highest. That's like almost assured first turn charge. Like yeah. if you go first. Going quick. Yeah. And you're going to be going first more often than not as a night player because you have so few drops. Yeah. Like, and with the amount of attacks you can get, 
Like you could seriously just have a night gallant fly across the table, go into a screen unit, and then like Chun Li spinning bird kick just obliterate their screen. <laughs> and then you're like, now you got to deal with that guy. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to shake up the meta a lot. I think. Yeah. Uh, Iron Hail Heavy Stubbers is a really cool stratagem. Uh, basically, you take a knight detachment, and for only one CP, all their heavy stubbers become AP one, and that's for um, the big knights, Questorus and Dominus. Yeah. Uh, Really good. I mean, if you have some paladins and stuff in there, you're like, why not do it? You know? I mean, that's a bunch of shots that basically turn into heavy bolters. Almost. They're only strength four, but. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, devastating Reach. Use this strategy. This one, it's kind of, a, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it. It lets you charge units that are above the ground floor of. Um, so if there's a unit of infantry in a ruin that none of them are on the bottom floor, which meant before you wouldn't even be able to charge them, now you can, but you just can't stomp you can only use melee weapons so this helps right because in a knight army isn't like just impotently staring at a unit that's just above the ground yeah and people were wanting us to clarify i mean it's it says six inches vertically and two inches uh, horizontally two inches horizontally so you can draw basically a line from the your base that goes you know out two inches and up six inches which Typically speaking, if they're in a building, um, that's going to put you in range of everything up to the second or third story. Yeah. Um, and then that way you can punch guys on a building. It's just, it needed to be done. Like, really super heavies, like, a lot of these models, big monsters, should measure um, from any part of their body for melee, but whatever. Yeah. It's a different, that's a discussion for another day. Uh, so cool, right? This lets you attack guys in a building. Yet another reason why a knight gallant, I think, has a place. Yep. Uh, or, or a Warglaive. Um, chain Sweep, the next one. Uh, this, I really like this one a lot. Uh, one CP, you use it after you fight. And uh, any kind of, uh, uh, of the Reaper Chain Sword or the Relic versions of them, you roll a D6 for every model within three inches on a six, that unit takes a mortal wound. Uh, it's great. Like Again, like the example we just used, you could fly into a screen kick the crap out of them and then if you know as they pile in or consolidate into you you could do a bunch of mortal wounds it's like orc boys or cultists uh, a big unit of imperial guardsmen gene stealers i think uh, it, it's interesting i don't i don't know if it's going to be used all that often to be honest like one in you have to have six models around you at least in order to do one on average dice so i mean Unless you have like thirty models around you, it's not going to do that yeah. much damage. So it's 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 when you're going into a me a big melee unit like orc boys or, or cultist spam. Yeah, that's when you're going to kick this into gear. Or like gene stealers, I think would be like an ideal target because. Yeah. But it's usually like right after you. It's after you swing, right? It's after you fight. Yeah, you basically get to do more damage to your opponent. Yeah. So it's it, it may not come into play like all the time, but when it is good, it's going to be really good. Yeah. Right, and if you roll hot. It could be devastating to your opponent. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if people use it. And then my absolute favorite stratagem, I think, in the entire game, Death Grip, which the name is perfect. It's one CP. You use it after you fight. You, uh, you make one attack against a unit that has one model, which is, uh, we'll talk about it more, but if you hit with your Thunderstrike Gauntlet, you do D3 Mortal Wounds, and then you do an opposed Roll off with your opponent. You each add your strength. If the knight player wins, you keep doing D3 mortal wounds every turn. If the other player equals or beats you, he escapes. 
and you do it until the model escapes or dies. Yeah. And I think this is after he swings too. It it's is. just an extra attack. It is. So you it charge is. into a unit, punch it, and then you grab the demon prince that's right next to you. <laughs> I can't remember the last thing. This is so good. It's crazy. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, like, I love the idea of just like picking up Guillemin and just being like, <laughs> see ya, buddy. Really good. Really, yeah. really, really good. Um, and again, another reason why I'm going to take a Knight Gallant because I want to be able to do fun stuff like this. But the thing is, too, is that it works on vehicles. Um, vehicles usually got pretty high strength, so there's a pretty good chance that they're, they'll break free. Yeah. But you could even do it on like another, like, like a shadow sword. Oh, yeah. You can do it on big vehicles. Yeah, you're just like... <laughs> it's awesome. The, the visual that I always get is like going up to Magnus and just like choking him. <laughs> like, what's up, punk? Um, I love this stratagem. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come into a play as much as I, in my mind, like want it to. Yeah. But... I could see it being absolutely amazing and absolutely pissing off your opponent when you choke out Magnus or Mortarian or something or like Guillemin. Or a Nurgling base. Yeah, a Nurgling base. Uh, or like, you know, it's like I a mean, shadow sword. It's it's super powerful. Like It, it is extraordinarily powerful. It has powerful. so many different instances where you're going to want to use it. And it's only one CP, so it's it's great. There's two units on a, or if there's one model and then another unit <coughs> on an objective, you charge into both, attack the unit, grab the model, kill it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, all right. Yep. <laughs> now it's game time. Um, it's amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the relic gauntlet is not minus one to hit, and it does eight damage flat. So yeah. you're just like, what's up, Demon Prince? <laughs> Splat. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it'll be, it, it'll come into play. Um, and it'll, it'll definitely cause some strong emotions either way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one, this is the last generic stratagem available to all knights. It's Bonded Oathsman. Uh, use the stratagem at the end of the enemy charge phase. Um, you get to counter, or you get to heroically intervene and use six inches of those. It says Questorus class Dominus. Yep. So, it, no, this is only for, oh no, Questorus, I got confused there. So yeah, you choose like a normal knight or like the big knights and the little knights can charge in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, for some reason I was thinking in my head like you had to be the admech guys, but um, you're not. Uh, so then we have our first uh, sub-faction specific stratagem, Valiant Last Stand. This is only for Questor Imperialis, which is five houses that are in that. It's a little confusing, but uh, we'll get the hang of it. Uh, use a stratagem uh, when a Questor Imperialis model from your army is reduced to zero wounds but did not explode before moving it from the battlefield, that model can immediately either shoot or fight um, as if it has one wound left. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Two CP, you get to do something again before you take the model off the table. It's not bad. The downside is you're going to be like not shooting very well or yeah. hitting in combat very well. So You'll be hitting on fives in most instances, maybe even sixes. Um, but yeah, it's still... like You could see this like at the end of the game being something that could like swing the game for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the next one is for Questor Mechanicus, the other five houses. Uh, Benevolence of the Machine God, one CP. Uh, use this stratagem. Um, suffers a mortal wound, and it stops mortal wounds on a five plus. Yep. So, for the rest of the phase. Yeah. That's so really powerful. So in the psychic phase, you can eat some smite and block it. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, machine Surgeon, Respirit. Or <laughs> I nailed that huh, one. That was interesting. Machine Spirit, <laughs> Resurgence. And this is Questor Mechanicus as well. Uh, pick a Questor Mechanicus model from your army until the end of the turn. Use the top row of the model's damage table. Um, this one's really good. For one yeah. CP, yeah. Uh, 
Really, really, really good. Yep. Somebody's like, did I get you down a tier? You're like, yeah, you did. My turn. I'm going to shoot normally, actually. Psych! Gotcha. Yeah. So, obviously, for like a Dominus class knight or yeah. the knight crusader or something like that, this is amazing. Yep. Uh, Cognus Heavy Stubbers. This is also Questor Mechanicus. Choose one Imperial Knight detachment in your army. All Heavy Stubbers. Um, you can fire this weapon even if you advanced, but you must subtract two when firing Overwatch the Resolved um, using the firing model's ballistic skill. You can reroll failed hit rolls for this weapon if the bear advanced this turn. And has a relentless advance, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Basically, it's got all these special rules where it's like, oh, if you overwatch and you're this, you get rerolls. Yeah. And you, you're like, geez, why? There's so much extra stuff in So there. let's just we'll, we'll, we'll boil this down to the, the your heavy stubbers overwatch really well, and they can shoot even if you advance. Yes. And it's all of them in the, in the detachment. Mm -hmm. So not bad. If you wanted to go heavy stubber madness, you could use this and the other one and make them AP1. <laughs> like, I'm going to get you in my stubbers. Sally Forth, which is a great name. It's Questor Imperialis. Uh, those are the, the five households. Uh, send one uh, Questorus class or Armager class unit from your army to outflank the enemy instead of sitting it on the battlefield. At the end of the phase, put it up six inches on the from the edge of the table, nine inches. So good. It's ridiculous. So it's, good. It's three CP worth every, every penny. penny. Yeah, that, yeah, that one is crazy powerful, mm -hmm. especially if you're only like taking like one night or something like that. You're throwing it in? You, you couldn't uh, use it yeah. if you only took one knight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you, well, I mean, I guess you could take two armagers and then him, mm -hmm. and then you could do it. But Because yeah. you you have to take a knight detachment to get all the cool stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like if you're worried, like if you're playing a shadow sword and you're worried you might not get first turn, you put your best knight off the table. Yep. It's I mean, it's what they do with the shadow sword anyway. So Very powerful. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, K-Dash, he's asking if you can stack the Terran stratagem with the fight twice, um, fight back twice. Uh, I don't know if you would want to. I mean, you might be able to. Um, I think it, I think that one is only in the fight phase. But Slayer of Shadows, this is the first house-specific stratagem. This is for House Morton. Um, you ignore all modifiers to hit. So it's, it's really good. It's only one CP. You know, if you're shooting, you're playing Nurgle, who's minus two to hit, or a lay talk, it's, it's great. Yeah. Really, really good. You also ignore positive modifiers, but that doesn't kick in very frequently. But it's great, even if somebody has a flyer. Like, you're like, eh, I'll shoot you anyways. Pop. <laughs> yeah, so like your double battle cannon. Like, th 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 this is, depending on your meta, this could alone could be worth it to take House Morton. Which, to recap, what was their, their tradition is they're plus one to hit in the close combat phase when they charge. Right. That that is depending on the meta you're in. If there's lots of minus hit armies, that alone could make it worthwhile. Oh yeah, to take it because you're just like I don't care. Bop bop bop. Uh, Glory and honor is House Terran. This one is the one a lot of people are talking about. It lets you fight again in the fight phase for three CP. Yeah, pretty good. It's not bad. Pretty good, especially if you have a totally tricked out melee knight. You could be doing thirty six. Kick attacks? I mean, I don't think there's anything in the game that can survive that. I, I can't think of anything. No. That's, that's a lot of damage. battle cannon attacks? A whole lot of damage. That's insane. So if you need something dead, yeah, that's how you do it. And then uh, House Terran again, to recap, just to put it, keep it in mind. Um, they are uh, the extra D6 when you're advancing or charging. Mm -hmm. So really, really, really strong. They're fast. They're furious. And they'll kick your butt. That's so crazy. That's like you take a knight gallant, fly across the table, turn one, and you're doing that to him on the very first turn. Mm -hmm. I want to model a knight doing like a Bruce Lee flying. 
It's flying. Yeah. Uh, order of Companions. House Raven, 2 CP. Uh, use it at the start of your shooting phase. Pick a House Raven model from your army until the end of the phase. Reroll hit rolls of one for that model. Um, this includes hit rolls, wound rolls, damage rolls, and rolls made to determine the number of shots fired by random weapons. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. you get a bunch of rerolls on ones. So. Uh, Captain Lysander, does the outflank work on Dominus? No, it only works on Questorus and Armager class. Mm-hmm. So your Dominus is not going to be sneaky, man. Sorry, Dominus. Our Darkest Hour, this is House Tyrannus. Uh, pick a model that has been reduced to zero moons but did not explode. Roll a d6 on a 4+. plus. Set that model up again at the end of the phase as close as possible to its previous position more than one inch away from enemy models with D3 wounds remaining. So good. <laughs> that's not bad. Like, oh, you killed him. No, you didn't. Psych. He was back. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Saturation Bombardment, 1 CP for House Volker. Uh, in your shooting phase before choosing a, a model, uh, until the end of the phase, each unmodified hit roll of a 6 for that model shooting attack scores 2 hits instead of 1. Pretty good. For one CP. Yep. Uh, Dragon Slayer for House Griffith, two CP. Um, pick a model in, in the shooting or fight phase until the end of the phase. Add one to wound rolls made for that model's attacks characteristic. Um, against a, an enemy model with a wounds characteristic of 10 or more. It's extremely good. Very good. Pretty damn good. Controlled Aggression, one CP. House Crast. Uh, used in the fight phase before choosing a unit to fight with until the end of the phase. Each unmodified hit roll of a six is two hits instead of one, or three hits against chaos. <laughs> he does not like chaos, that guy. He's like, ah! <laughs> oh, dude, that is bananas. It's pretty good. With kicks again. That guy's like the the Lord of the Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Bioscryer Cogitator Array for House Cadmus. Use this stratagem immediately after your opponent set up a unit that is arriving on the battlefield as reinforcements. Within 12 inches, you get to shoot him as if it were your shooting phase. No minus one to hit. Yep. That's devastating. <laughs> it's 3 CP, but that, I mean. Prepare to die. There's some armies that, like, that just completely bones them. Yeah. Like Blood Angels and such. Uh, staunch Allies, 2 CP, Hawk Shroud. Um, this lets you charge into combat if a friendly, if an allied uh, uh, unit gets charged. Yeah. So. Pretty good. They're all amazing. Very, very strong. Uh, do you guys have any questions about very stratagems very before strong. we roll on into Warlord traits? Mm. So where do I get that awesome background picture that you have? I don't know. Mariano's hooking it up. Mariano. Got it. Uh, I don't even know if that's a GW model, actually. No. Oh, it is. It's got the, the cockpits open. Uh, anyway, Warlord traits, all really good. And we'll zip through these as fast as we can. There's a lot. Uh, first one, Cunning Commander. Um, you can reroll once per battle. You can reroll one hit roll, one roll, damage roll, or saving throw. And you get plus one CP. Boom. So if you, well, like Frankie was saying, you could use the Exalted Court. Make one knight, get a Warlord trait. You get this, you get the CP back, and then you get a free reroll during the course of the game. Yeah. Kind of silly, but you're basically just getting a free CP. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. So it's like, you might like... You should do this every single time yeah. because the net result is you get a free reroll during the course of the game. Mm-hmm. On your one night. Yeah. That's pretty good. Why not? Uh, Iron Bulwark. This is going to be one of the most popular. You have a four up invulnerable save. Boom. I think this is another reason why I would take Exalted Court every time. Yeah. Right? Because you could take like a, like a Knight Gallant that can do all this insane shit we just talked about, like with a bazillion attacks, 
flying around, death gripping people, chopping them in half. And you can give them a two up armor save and a four up invulnerable save. And then you can make that a three up invulnerable save with the stratagem. So that guy's just like running across the table. Your opponent has to deal with him and he's super hard to question, to kill. Yeah. Uh, Knight Seneschal, add one to your Warlord's attacks characteristic. It's not bad. Landstrider, this is the best one in my opinion. Uh, add two to all advance and charge rolls for him and everyone within yeah. six inches. It's an aura, which is so powerful. Yeah. This is like, the for me, this is like the auto take. Yeah. Uh, unless you're going all shooting, of course, and yeah. which you don't care. Blessed by the Sacristans. Uh, choose one weapon that your warlord is equipped with. Each time you make an un- a modified roll of a six, uh, it's the target suffers a mortal wound in addition to the normal uh, damage. You can't do it with an heirloom weapon, but on an Avenger Gatling cannon, you're going to get an average of two extra mortal wounds a turn. It's really good. And then, of course, you could always roll hot, roll like four or five sixes, and it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's solid. Oh, yeah, it's really it's solid. Uh, fearsome Reputation. You have a 12-inch aura. Your opponent's minus one leadership. And then within six inches, it's minus two. This one... It's okay. I don't think it's going to be used all that often. But. When it's good, it's amazing. Yes. Right? Like, if you find yourself playing against, like, an Eldar player, they don't actually have any morale mitigation unless they take the Avatar. Yep. But they have high leadership. This could be amazing in that situation. Because, like, Eldar, all of a sudden, if they're minus two leadership, and then you're just doing a couple wounds to a bunch of units... And then there's, you start losing, like, Shining Spears, Dark Reaper. You know, it could be amazing. But again, it's a lot of armies. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then the house-specific roller traits, Terran, reroll charge rolls. Amazing. Um, and that's also the one that's, like, at rolled an extra die, right? No, that's not Terran, I don't think. I thought it was. Yeah, it is. Oh. And then they're also the fight again. Pretty good. So you can roll three d six, take the drop the lowest, and re-roll it if you so chose. Your I mean, warlord, your warlord just charges up. He's like ten plus inches every like, time. Geez. Griffith immediately after your warlord completes a charge move, um, an enemy unit within one inch on a four plus takes d three mortal wounds. Eh, it's not worth it in my opinion, but no. it's not terrible. Hawk shroud at the start of the first battle round, but before the game begins, select one unit in your opponent's army. Add one to all hit rolls for your warlord against that unit. If you got a shadow sword across the table from you. <laughs> he's like, hello. He's all prepared to die. Uh, Cadmus, reduce all damage suffered by your warlord in the fight phase by one. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Can't understate that. So good. Uh, Morton, subtract one from hit rolls that target your warlord at a range of more than 18 inches. Amazing. Really, really powerful. On a shooty night, that is a dumb good. Yes. Uh, Raven, add one to the saving throw character- characteristic of your warlord's uh, uh, save against AP1. So you basically ignore AP1, which is extremely strong. Yep. Um, and then you could combine that with the two-up save relic, and then your warlord is like invulnerable to small arms He's fire. like unstoppable. Yeah, that's extremely strong. Um, Tyrannus, uh, each time you make a saving, uh, each time you make a rune roll of a six plus for your warlord in the shooting phase, the AP characteristic of the attack is improved by one. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's pretty good. If you take a straight-up Daka Knight, it could be really effective. Yeah. Um, Crast, re-roll hit rolls of... Re-roll hit rolls of one for your Warlord period. It's amazing. Um, and then Volker. This is one that everyone was talking about, but we'll explain why it's probably a little bit overhyped. Um, Volker, uh, wound rolls of one, two, or three fail against your Warlord. But uh, everyone was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. And I'm like, almost everything in the game wounds Knights on a four-plus... Or worse, anyway. Yeah. But if you are a House Volker and you are playing against that Shadow Sword 
or or a Magnus that's going to get into melee with you, then it becomes amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. It's just I don't think it's game breaking like everybody was making it out to be. Yeah, it's it's because like what you're shooting things that are strength eight or worse usually at a night anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But when you are fighting that guy that's strength sixteen, then it is going to be like, super <laughs> good. Four plus. Yeah. yeah. Then it's super good. Yeah. Uh, Relics Sanctuary, uh, five up invul save in melee and shooting. Amazing. I think they have the most relics that we've seen so far. They have the most of everything. Yeah. Because there's crazy. There's 10 households. Yeah. Uh, Joe saved the day. Thank you for subscribing, man. Hey, really thanks, appreciate man. That. Um, Sanctuary is, uh, it's great. A five up in, a five up invul in melee is incredible. Ravager, it's a named chainsword. It goes up to strength 16, which is really important because it wounds on twos. Yep. AP4, six damage, and you reroll hit rolls of one. And then if you are um, Cold Fury, which I can't remember, it's one of the houses you just reroll all misses. Yep. It's, it's really good because that, that strength 16 is a big deal. Yeah, it's um, huge. The Paragon Gauntlet, this one is freaking awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's uh, it's a uh, replaces your Thunderstrike Gauntlet. There's no minus one to hit, which that alone makes it worth taking. Um, it's uh, AP four, strength sixteen, eight damage flat. And then if you kill a monster or a vehicle, you pick it up and on a four plus you throw it at another unit. Does D three mortal wounds. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. And then of course the gauntlets this, are so awesome. I man. love it, dude. And then of course this is what you do when you want a death grip because it's you don't have the minus one to hit. Yeah. Um, what's the relic for House Hufflepuff? Is that Griffin? I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Armor of the Sainted Ion, this is the, the, in my opinion, I think this is the best one, personally. That was you're, a Harry Potter joke, Reese. I know, but I don't know who Hufflepuff is for these guys. Um, it gives you an armor save of a 2+. plus. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that one is probably one of the better ones. It's so dumb. Like, yeah. anything that has no AP characteristic, forget it. Go away. Um, and the thing is, too, is the reason why this one is, in my opinion, the best one is that it, it basically gives you a five up in, in melee too because most weapons are going to be AP two or three. Yeah. It's pretty rare that you come across an AP four melee weapon except for on like a, a named character. Yep. Um, so it, it's a double dip. It makes you invulnerable almost to small arms fire and it makes it so that in melee you're getting far better defense. Yeah. A, a, like a thunder hammer you get a five up against as opposed really to a six. Good. Yeah. Uh, K Dash is asking, can you use Death Grip or can you throw a model after killing it with Death Grip? No, Death Grip's uh, stratagem yeah. that kills it. It's not the gauntlet that's actually killing it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess we. No. Because you, you, Death Grip, you have to use your, your. You're not using your gauntlet to kill somebody. No, it actually hits. It specifies that weapon. You hit them. Yeah. With a Thunderstrike gauntlet, the Paragon gauntlet, or Freedom's Hand. So you would be killing him with that weapon. I don't think you are. No, oh, whatever. It's a debate for another show. Um. <sighs> Endless Fury, this is another one that I think is phenomenal. Uh, it replaces an Avenger Gatling Cannon, 36-inch range, heavy 14, so it's two extra shots. Strength 6, AP 2, 2 damage. It's better AP also, I believe. Double check. No, same, same AP. Uh, so it's two extra shots, but every unmodified hit roll of a 6 gives you two hits instead of one. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. So it's powerful. extremely good. It's extremely good. On average, you're getting four extra shots. But then again, if you roll hot, you could get a gang of <laughs> extra shots. Launch, yeah. um, and in a game like 40K where you're, it's, you're not throwing that many dice, it, you know, we've all been there. It happens. You're like, oh, five sixes. That's 10 hits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, judgment. 
This replaces a Storm Spear Rocket Pod, and it, um, it's 60 inch range, heavy three, strength eight, AP three, D6 damage, reroll misses. It's amazing. It's really, really good. Yep. So it's an extra point of AP and old school twin linked. Yep. Can't can't go can't wrong. Can't go wrong. Sky Shield uh, replaces an Icarus Auto Cannon, uh, and this one's actually really strong too. It bumps you up to heavy six from four, so it's two extra shots. Strength seven, AP two. It's one better AP, two damage. Plus one to hit against fly keyword, minus one to hit against anything else. Um, it's actually really strong. Six, two damage shots. Yeah. And then there's so many things with the fly keyword in the game. Like, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to use it a lot. Almost every army has something with fly keyword. <laughs> I think every army does, but. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we go into the more specific relics, Questor um, Imperialis. Uh, and that's all of the, uh, like, Tyrannus can take it, etc. Mm -hmm. Plus one to hit in the fight phase. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, Banner of Macarius Triumphant. This is for Questor Imperialis. Also, add one to the leadership char characteristic of friendly Imperial units within six inches. In addition, if the bearer is within range of an objective marker to control, it gets obsec and it counts as 10 models. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's great for winning missions. Yeah. Really good. Traitor's Pyre for Questor Imperialis. Um, this is one of my personal favorites. It uh, replaces the con Conflagration Flamer. It's the Super Mega Flamer on the uh, Knight Valiant. Yeah. It's 18 inch range, heavy 3d6, auto hit, strength 7, AP2, 2 damage, uh, reroll failed moon rolls. It's incredibly good. Yeah. Incredibly good. Like, this is why I would take a Knight Valiant, personally. Uh, Mark of the Omnissiah for Question Mechanicus. Roll a d6 at the start of your turn on a 6. You get d3 wounds back on any of the result. You get a 1 back. Solid. It's okay. It's yeah. not bad. The Helm Dominatus for Question Mechanicus. Uh, Questorus class or Dominus class only. Uh, once per battle round, at the start of either your shooting phase or fight phase, you can choose a unit from your opponent's army that is within 24 inches of the bear. Until the end of the phase, add one to hit rolls for so armagers against that target if they're within six inches. So good. Yeah, why don't you dig into it a little bit? Well, it's, it, you pick an enemy unit and then all your armagers get plus one to wound. I mean, plus one to hit. Plus one to hit. It's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you take a bunch of the uh, Helverins and you're just lighting people up. And then yeah. especially because you can get reroll ones to hit also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Calls Wrath uh, for Questor Mechanicus models only. It replaces the Plasma Decimator. This is on the Knight Castellan. Um, and it, it significantly increases the power. If you're going to take a Castellan, you're going to take this. Yeah. Uh, it goes up to... Um, it, it basically bumps it up one damage and one AP, um, if I remember correctly, on the shots. Let me double check on that. So uh, it goes up one strength, one AP, one damage. Worth it. So anytime you see one of these, it's going to be this gun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it makes that gun so much better, it's silly. So your strength, heavy 2d6, strength 8, AP 4, 2 damage, or strength 9, 3 damage. God, that's good. Yep. I think you go with that every time. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah if, if you're taking an Eye Dominus, you're taking this yeah. gun. Uh, Thunder of Volturus is for House Terran. Um, it replaces a rapid-fire battle cannon, and it gives you 72-inch range, uh, 2d6, heavy, strength 9, AP2, d3 damage. And when determining the number of shots, you roll 3d6, and you take the two highest. So it's plus one strength and way more reliable. So good. It's amazing. Yeah. That's amazingly good. Their relics are so freaking... And House Terran is the melee house, interestingly, so... Yeah. So they still get shooting. Yeah. I think <laughs> that that's sounding more and more like probably going to be one of the more popular. Yeah. House's Mark of the Lance is House Griffith. Uh, each time the bearer completes a charge move, choose an enemy unit within one inch 
on a two plus, they take D3 mortal wounds. On a six, they take three mortal wounds. It's pretty good. Yep. Angel's Grace is for a hot house hawk shroud. Roll a D6 each time the bearer suffers a mortal wound and your opponent's psychic plays on a four plus. That wound being rolled four is not lost. It's very good. Yep. The Hunter's Eye, House Cadmus, um, you ignore cover. Woo! It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Because um, the knight, all of their ranged attacks ignore cover. Yeah. That's really strong. Honor's Bite is House Morton. It replaces the Reaper Chainsword. Um, and it's same stats, but it's AP4. Uh, each wound roll of a six does D3 mortal wounds in addition to the normal damage. So, again, you could roll hot and just devastate somebody yeah. with this. Hello, Gaiman. House Raven, uh, Questorus model only. Reroll hit rolls of one in the fight phase uh, for House Raven models while they're within six inches of the bear. Very good. Yes. Uh, Fury of Mars for House Tyrannus replaces a thermal cannon. It goes, uh, this one's actually a really good buff. It's 48 inch range, heavy D6, strength 9, AP4, D6 damage, and you have Melta all the way out. Yep. Plus one strength, which is a big deal because you're wounding on T8 on a three, and you're always doing 2D6, take the highest damage. That's great. Yeah. House Crass, the Hesman's Mark, um, increase the damage characteristic of the bearer's weapons by one for attacks made against enemy units containing models with a wounds characteristic of 10 or more. Increase the damage by two against Titanic units. That's. <laughs> Badass. Hello, Shadow Sword. Yeah. Prepare to get fucked. Prepare to get wrecked. Yeah. Dude, if you combine... I guess, yeah, you could do it with, like, the um, the Battle Cannon would probably be a really good choice. Battle Cannon's good. You can do it with the, the Volcano flamer? Cannon, I think. With the Flamer, yeah. yeah. Oh, brutal. And then lastly, the Auric Mouse Mask, House Volker. The opposing player must roll an extra D6 for taking morale tests uh, for, uh, for a unit within 12 inches of the Baron use the highest result. Obviously... Um, up with the leadership. I think it goes together. Yeah. So you take that with the uh, the leadership debuff, and all of a sudden you're evaporating models in the morale phase. Yep. So again, when it works, it's amazing. A lot of armies ignore it. Yeah. So woo, there you go, guys. Um, updated points. Basic knight chassis to, down to 285. Um, the uh, Avenger Gatling cannon went down to 75. The um, big knights are 500 base. Uh, the Knight Castle is 510, and the Knight Valiant is 500. So, whew. All sorts of goodness in there. Oh, yeah, and if you're wondering what this is, this gigantic monster is from the new um, uh, Gothic Ruins terrain set, which we just released. Yeah. This Knight could walk through this thing <laughs> without touching it. It's huge. All right, let's answer some questions. First of all, did you guys like us basically just reading... So want, it. If that's what you want, the, we'll do it. People don't have the book yet, so makes sense. <clears throat> but then you've got all the weapons, too, which we didn't talk about. The weapons. Yeah, well, you, you can dig through that, buddy. Or we didn't talk about the characters. So, like, uh, the Knight Perceptor, I think, is going to be one of the more popular knights. Um, it gives uh, armager class uh, knights uh, reroll ones to hit. Which is six inches. Freaking awesome. So, yeah. So, if you take like an armager, like army, or at least a few of them, you get reroll ones to hit all the time, which is really powerful. He also comes with a Laz Impulsor, which is a new weapon. Uh, 36 inches, heavy 2d6, strength 6 minus 2, d3 damage. Or you can uh, do the high intensity version 18 inches, heavy d6, strength 12 minus 4, d6 damage. So, he's got, uh, he's got okay weapons. And then he can take the gauntlet. 
so you can get them <laughs> one of the gauntlets, and then you run out the table and smash people. Um, really fun. That yeah, I think that's great, and yeah. uh, just you didn't see it, Frankie, but the feedback is people really like this format, so I yeah. guess we'll stick with it. I'm glad. I'll have to make sure to take a lozenger so I don't my voice doesn't get even more scratchy. <laughs> but I think the Knight Perceptor is going to be amazing. Somebody asked, what are the points on the Little Knights? They're 160 for the melee, 170 for the shooty version base. Plus four heavy stubbers. Yeah, plus four for heavy stubber or seventeen for Melta. Uh, they're and they're really good. They're really good. They got the melee knight now has a two. He can do like a two attacks for every one attack, um, like thresher attack, or can uh, stick with the normal ones. And then the the armager has four d three three damage shots. They're good. And then as we just yeah. said, with the knight perceptor, you can reroll once to hit. It's freaking rad. Yeah, no, I've, I think the armagers are really powerful. It's funny, when you first look at them, you're like, eh, they're not that great. Geek, but they're, they're pretty awesome. Geekmaster K just put in a, a quote request. So um, it usually takes a couple days to get back to you. We're always like, we work our butts off and we still have trouble keeping up. But uh, Jason, he administrates the paint studio, the banana. He'll get back to you probably on Monday or Tuesday. Um, sorry for any delay. We've just been crazy busy. Plus LVO registration is coming up on Monday. Um, but yeah, he'll get back to you ASAP. Helldirect, any chance of revising ITC missions to not punish knights so much with stacking secondaries? Um, yeah, we're going to take another look at the ITC missions. There's a couple of changes we need to make. Like, I think um, we need to change gangbusters to not work on swarms. That's silly. <laughs> I was playing Necrons the other day, and my opponent was like, oh, I can do gangbusters on your uh, um, scarabs. And I was like, oh, you can. That's stupid. <laughs> I was like, let's fix that. Uh, but yeah, we'll take another look at it because things like um, uh, the Chicky Poo that's in every list. Wings, Sisters of Battle. Oh, Celestine? Celestine. I think she's probably being punished too hard now. Um, so yeah, we'll take another look at that. Yeah. Uh, we also didn't talk about Free Blades. So uh, you can take Free Blades not representing a house um, and they get all sorts of special abilities. Um, they've got really cool ones in here but then you also have to take the bad things too um i like the mechanic though because it's like yeah. you either pick either pick uh two bad or roll for one or you pick one good or roll for two and if you roll doubles you don't re-roll the other one it's just you just you just get one yeah i actually think that's fun like i don't think the free blades are mega competitive but i, I would like mm -hmm. to be wrong um but they're cool and they're like ronin knights and you can take one in a normal detachment and you don't lose your household yeah which See? is really neat. So if you want to take like Canis Rex, you can. Yeah, but they get all sorts of special abilities. Like they get reroll hit rolls of one um, when attacking units of 10 or more models. Um, reroll hit rolls of one um, if targeting the enemy warlord. They get like all sorts of special abilities that make their knight like way better. Um, there's another one that's a chart that you roll on. If you roll a six, you get plus one ballistic skill. So that's always awesome. Um, but then the bad ones are like really bad. Like some of them are really like bad. Six kill six plus, or you have to move and charge the closest unit. Yeah. Or like you can't leave combat. Like all sorts of things that are like really bad. Um, and the only re the only way that you use the bad things are you roll two d six, subtract your leadership or versus it's your leadership. If it's below, you're good. If it's the same or higher, you have to use the bad. Uh, yeah, the bad things kick in. So it doesn't always kick in. It's like a 50-50 shot, basically. Yeah. Um, a couple questions. Geek Master K, yeah. Uh, no, no worries, dude. Uh, we're always struggling to keep up with correspondence. Like, there's just not enough of us, to be honest. But um, we try to answer emails as fast as we can. And as a, a friendly rule of thumb, don't reach out to us on Facebook uh, or like Daka Daka or something like that. Just email us or call. Call the shop. Um 
girl drunk drink uh, said that she, she, I'm assuming it's a girl uh, or they think that uh, gangbusters is worthless if it doesn't work against swarms. Uh, not really, because the objective of it wasn't to just get points for killing multi-moon models. It was to counter things like uh, plague drones, bulgrin, units that are really tough. Um, it's not meant to just like, oh, I can get some points by killing something weak, because swarms are f so easy to kill, right? Like even nerdlings are easy to kill. Um, They have to be the same house. The Each detachment has to be from the same house. Yeah. Um, someone else asked if you get stratagems with an auxiliary detachment. I think the answer is no. Um, I don't think it says. I think it, I okay. Think it just says if your army is battleforged and includes any Imperial Knights detachments, you have access to the stratagems shown below. Um, you have I, to look up what battleforged is. I think it's not think it's the, the auxiliary detachment. Cause I'm pretty sure it says that. Yeah, I can't remember. If your army is battleforged, all units in the Imperial Knights Super Heavy Detachment must be from the same household. Um, I'm pretty sure it says you it doesn't count if it's a it's like excluding the auxiliary detachment. You have to take three to get all the cool stuff, I I believe. I think it's in the main rule book if you look up what battleforged is or um, for detachments. Yeah, all, uh, I can't remember. Um, I think it might be in the front. You can answer some more questions, buddy. I'll look. Because that, that is a big one. Uh, an auxiliary is Battleforged, says Bodbard. Um, I, yeah, but I think the book specifies. I think it's in the rule book. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm, I apologize. We didn't bring a rule book out here with us. Dun, dun, dun. Four wardens plus one gallant equals ownage. <laughs> it's true. It's a lot of, a lot of punching, a lot of kicking. Um, I can't. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head, guys, with that auxiliary detachment. You you may. I, I don't. I don't remember. The regular auxiliary doesn't allow strats, so that's from Hell. That's what I thought. Yeah, regular. I think I think it's in the main rulebook. Yeah. Oh, but super heavy does, except for IG. Uh, okay. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but we also Frankie and I also each wrote a list. We thought it'd be fun to discuss that. I'm uh, talking about like how we would play it. Um, for me, I wanted, I like variety. That's all my lists are like that. I would, um, I would take uh, a Knight Dominus. I like the Flamer version. I always like auto hit weapons because it doesn't matter how much damage he's taken. Um, I would go the Knight Crusader, uh, mostly because I have one built and painted, but also because their firepower is great. Give him the Relic Avenger Gatling Cannon. And then a Knight Gallant um, tricked out for melee because that, that guy is a, just a stud now. And then I would go with either guard, because um, those three units leave you about 600 points, fully fully loaded. I would go with either guard or admech um, to get more CP. And because admech, um, they allow you to fix the knights too, which is really, really useful. So um, that would be my uh, reasoning. Uh, you have the infantry to go take objectives, win the mission, uh, charge block your knights, your shooting knights. The Gallant is a Scud missile. He goes straight forward. Probably give him the two-up save, four-up, and vulnerable save to make him really tough. Um, and go either Hawk Shroud or, Taran, or House Terran to increase the speed but um, and to be able to fight twice and all that good stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, lots of little bodies for, for board control. Uh, the Dominus goes up midfield, uses the Flamer and the Harpoon, which hilariously does 10 damage flat. So good. And uh, and then the uh, Night Crusader stays in the back and just shoots like like the Dickens. Um, 
And I think that would be really fun. I'm actually going to build that army. Um, and you guys will hopefully be seeing it sooner than later. Yeah. And then Frankie went a completely different route. Yeah, so uh, it's the Imperial Knights detachment, excluding super heavy detachments, uh, gain the following ability or super heavy auxiliary detachment. Yeah. So they, they don't gain the warlord traits, but it looks like they gain um, the stratagems. Unless there's something different in the rule book, but we'd have to check that. I, I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head, yeah. guys. I apologize. I just we'll we'll, we'll look it up. Yeah. Because a lot of people are going to want to take just one night, but you definitely you definitely do not get. Relics, warlord traits, um, household traditions. You don't get any of that stuff, but you may get the, the stratagems. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went a completely different route. I wanted to go all knights, um, but I wanted to go all little knights because I thought it would be really cool. You have, like, one big guy. you got the preceptor standing in the center and then all these little armagers around him. So it's one preceptor. Then it is uh, six of the warglaves. So they run up the table punching you. And then you've got uh, three of the hellverin. Um, so they sit back, they shoot right next to the um, big guy. The warglaves are charging up the table, shooting their meltas at you. Each of the warglaves have a melta gun and their melta lance. So they're doing all sorts of D6 damage. Um, they're hitting really hard in close combat. I was thinking of going house uh, griffin, um, getting the plus one when you charge. It's um, really good. So then all your warglaves are really good in close combat. Um, relics, uh, I was going to take the gauntlet on the big guy. Yeah, of course. And you could smash somebody. It's awesome. But um, and eight damage yeah. flat's crazy. Like it's you're like good, demon yeah. prince. Yeah. Even against the vehicle is really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love the harpoon on the on the knight valiant. It's like it does it's strength 16 AP 6 for some reason. Yeah. This is the one that rerolls misses. I forgot. Yeah. The and then it's uh 10 damage flat and then if it doesn't kill you it does D3 mortal wounds. So most vehicles in the game, it's going to kill in one shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's excellent. And like, no, I, I love be, the flamer. The flamer with the, the flamer with is amazing. The relic with yeah. the shred on the flamer that makes that thing disgusting. Yeah. Old Ahab <laughs> says Kenny. And uh, <laughs> yes, he's, he's hunting his white whale. Yeah. It's only like 10 inch range, though. It's Get super short. Yeah. <laughs> but they but move 12. They so move 10. It's like, oh, the, oh, it's on the big guy. The big yeah. boys move 10. So even still, I mean, that's a 20-inch range, right? And that's why I think House Hawkshroud is important if you want mobility because they slow down to, like, nothing yeah. as they get hit. Um, what's up, Kenny? And then for all you guys, uh, Next Level Painting, the, the whole, their whole crew, they're going to be doing a Long Wars double at the LVO. Really excited. That would be the first year we, uh, we're working with them. And they've done a great job. The event at Adepticon sells out, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yep, and then uh, LVO tickets go up for sale on Monday. Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Center Time, so make sure to, to grab that. Um, this is a great book. Yeah, uh, I think there's so many different ways to play it, which I think are great. Um, there's crazy amounts of options like we were talking about. I think this book has the most options out of everything with the all the relics, the warlord traits, the houses, um, the stratagems. Like, There's a lot in this book, which is great um, because nights before were kind of like, eh, they're all right, but... Yeah, I mean, they're not bad, but yeah. now with the points going down and all the stratagems, like they're like, especially like the melee knights being able to do like basically erase any unit in the game in one round of combat. That's crazy. That's going to change the meta. Yeah. Like you're going to have to now again, plan for ways to deal with knights. Otherwise you could get steamrolled by them. Yep. Like you, you need to be on point with that. Uh, binary brew. So if you get access to the stratagems, you could potentially use them to get access to the world traits. Sure you, okay. Uh, I know rules questions always derail conversations, but 100% the only way to get like the warlord traits, relics, and um, 
household traditions is to take a night detachment. Well, it's, it says it point blank. You need to take three, um, three nights. That's to get the household traditions. Yep. Um, I think you can still get warlord traits. Well, you can't. You don't become a character unless you have a night lance. Control You can't take relics or warlord traits unless you're a character, and the only way to be a character is in a knight detachment, which takes Well, no, because they're saying you can use the stratagem to make one of them into a character, grab the warlord traits, and grab the relics. Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Which is, yes, yes, you can do that. Okay, yep. <clears throat> Select one in each imperial knights, superior detachment army, with the keyword, excluding the auxiliary. Yeah, so a little confusion there. We'll figure it out. We'll get that worked out for you guys. But, but yeah, um, if you have command points, you can do it. Um, but otherwise, they don't. You don't start with it. Yeah, you don't get them base, no. and then you wouldn't get the household tradition though. No, no you would not get yeah. the household traditions because those are uh, excluded from the um, right. auxiliary detachment. And then you wouldn't have access to all the specific stratagems, stratagems for them. Yep. Correct. Um, yep. All right. Schedule or at least event list for the LVO asks and access of entropy. That is, uh, that is my task for today. Um, as I'm sure you guys can understand, like I set deadlines. I remind people constantly to get me all the information. Half of it comes in at the last minute. Um, so I apologize that we don't have the schedule up in advance, but, uh, you know, how it is, it's just, it's, there's a hundred different events going on. Right. And I'm trying yeah. to get all the information in, um, I, my goal is to get it done tonight so that everybody can look at the schedule before they buy tickets, but assume it's going to be really, really similar to last year. It's almost identical, uh, program. Yep. We, we, we added like a, two or three events, took away two or three events. It's going to be about the same. So, uh, the special character night, uh, Rex, whatever. He's pretty good. His name is. He's okay. He's all right. He's a, he's a free blade. So he doesn't have a house. Um, <laughs> no house for that guy. He just lives in his night. Well, um, he's the last of his. His house got wrecked. He's yeah. the last one. But he's he's pretty cool. I don't. His weapons are all right. Um, yeah. His his benefits are pretty good. Yeah. Um, if he fails his leadership check, he has to shoot and charge the nearest enemy unit, which sucks. That's the downside. Yep. But uh, he's all right. I mean, I didn't see anything that really jumped out at me. Nah, he really doesn't have that many special rules. If he doesn't blow up, he jumps out, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and cool. he runs around the table, but um, and then. Uh, um, Imperial units near on uh, within six inches. On a when if they try to run away, you roll a six and they don't run away. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, he's pretty good. He's only four hundred fifty points, so he's not that expensive. Uh, Axis Entropy last year's schedule is down because I don't want to confuse anybody. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, man. You're just gonna have to wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, I apologize. It's just it, like it is what it is. Um, the schedule will go up as soon as possible. Like just to give you guys kind of an uh, overview, 40k champs is going to be the exact same. Thursday, Friday finals on, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday finals on Sunday. Um, the double, the Long Wars double is going to be on Sunday. The RTT is going to be on Sunday. Uh, the Friendly is going to be Saturday, Sunday. AOS is going to be uh, Friday, Saturday. And then there's going to be another event on Sunday. And then the narrative, the 40K narrative, which sells out in like an hour, yeah. is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, Cool. Uh, do you guys have any other questions for us about Imperial Knights? Before we shut this one down. Hello, Nimagon and Dark Rikachu. No, we are not starting over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure to be ready to pick up those tickets 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday, June 4th. In two days. 
two days. And Geekmaster K, yes, there will be Shadespire. Boom. Um, and will there be changes to the LVO stream? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that means. But uh, cool, guys. Uh, this train piece is the Gothic Ruin set. You guys can pick it up in our uh, web cart store at frontlinegaming.org. There's an Imperial Knight in the center. There's a knight. This thing is huge. Yeah, the knight's not touching any part of the terrain piece yeah. except the floor. All right, guys. Have a good one.